it's your boy, the one and only A-Switch, a.k.a. the 250-time social distancing champion, a.k.a. Let me get some of that eggnog, but not the one you got. Like, give me a fresh cup, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is that shouldn't be taking me out more than it is, but it is. Oh, I can't help it. Um, aka that pretty motherfucker, buddy ugly though. Aka the nigga love master, bringing you yet another episode of Switches Sights, uh, episode eighty five. Um. Today's date is December 17th, 2020. We close. I think it's technically Christmas Eve. 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 Okay, I, I can't even. It's too many Eves to consider it Eve. But you, you know what I mean. Um, This is the final episode of Switches Sights. It's been a uh, it's been a fun ride, but uh, you know, all good things must come to an end. So um, that's pretty much what's gonna happen for twenty twenty. For twenty twenty, gotcha. No. Uh, so yeah, so this is gonna be the last episode of twenty twenty of Switches Sites. Uh, we'll come back uh, to your regularly scheduled programming. Um, in the new year, so, yeah, but either way, since generally it's pretty slow in terms of news and whatnot, I doubt I'm, I, I don't want to, don't want to hold y'all, so, uh, as well as, uh, I feel like I need to take a break as well, take a couple weeks off, and then come back next year, energized, ready, motivated, <laughs> then I'd be motivated. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. <laughs> Which one is? Uh, oh shit! <laughs> now, <laughs> now I'm motivated. Is that it? Now I'm motivated. So <laughs> I come in come in twenty twenty one motivated. You know. So um yeah. So I feel like I was gonna go somewhere with that, but I think that was it. I think that was as far as that apple was gonna get eaten, you know, unless you wanted to eat the core, but I mean that's your own prerogative. Do however you see fit. I don't know. That's sh- live your life how you want to live it, in respectable means. Um. So yeah, uh, Santa is uh coming to town. Uh, he got he got Christmas, Christmas presents. He's looking for them cookies, and by golly, you better have some milk to to wash it down, or there's gonna be hell to pay. Y'all didn't know that story about Santa. I mean, girl did. 
I did, but you didn't. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah. So again, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but for some people, maybe, um, even though these are good times, let's not forget about the, (laughs) the surreal times we're still in right now that we're still under the pandemic. Of course. Yeah, there are, you know, we do have confirmation of, uh, um, vaccine for the, for the virus, but at the same time, uh, that's going to be a long time until it's, uh, at least projected, uh, that that will make it to the general public. So, you know, that, that is not, <laughs> is not a key, uh, not, not a initiation or key to be like, Oh, well, I, I can go back to normal life now. No, that's people. I, we're still like breaking rep records of people dying. It's all bad, fam. But you know what? I mean, there is somewhat of a light, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of the tunnel, but uh, stay safe. Keep it safe, even though we in, yeah, we, we at the end of it, but we're still not at the same time. So, that's all I'm going to say on that. But, uh, not to, not to, not to bring down the tone, but you know, just to, just to keep, keep people's best interests in mind, if that makes sense. So, um, but man, in terms of this week, boy, a lot of stuff has been happening this week, at least specifically in the gaming front. Uh, man, cyberpunk, huh? Boy, man, if that isn't, hasn't been, a been a, uh, dumpster fire, I don't know what else was, but uh, there was that. Uh, just today we had the um, the Sephiroth uh, showcase. Uh, the Godfather Sakurai uh, showed them. So we have a lot of stuff to discuss and cover um, on this final episode of uh, Switch's Sights for 2020. Uh, also, I, you know I had to bring it back top 10 games of 2020. I did that. I, I, I did the contemplation. And, um, I mean, maybe if you check my Twitter, uh, often you may know the answer, but probably don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. Nonetheless, let's stop the dilly dallying and get right into it before I take a sip or after I take a sip. Stay hydrated, by the way, you know, keep, keep, keep your H2 on deck, preferably. I mean, you know, first topic, boy. So cyberpunk, uh, for those that may be under, may be unaware, uh, dropped last, yeah, last week, man, does not, time is just feeling weird right now. Uh, last dropped last week and, um, Yeah, not not the best scenario if you are playing on base uh, PS4 and Xbox One consoles since uh, it's been pretty evident that uh, the game runs like horse dog shit doo doo. 
uh, if you are playing on those consoles. Generally better with each, you know, uh, iteration with the, you know, Pro being a little bit better and um, uh, Pro and Xbox One X being a little bit better and then uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X uh, being... Uh, well, the best technically when it comes to the console front, but then at the same time, it's like odds are you don't have one. So it's like, you know, where, how, how, where does that get you? And they don't even know, even then, uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's, uh, even the best then because it's not the optimized versions that are uh soon, well, not soon, but going to come out at some point down the line uh, next year, presumably. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, it's pretty obvious now why, uh, cause there were murmurings and, and, uh, talks like as to why a lot of the, uh, media and press, uh, review reviewers of, uh, the game only got the PC version and not the, uh, console versions at all. So. Uh, come to find out, this is why that uh, clearly uh, CD Projekt Red, whoever was responsible for making this decision, uh, did that very deliberately to uh, kind of obfuscate, hide uh, how horrible the uh, the base console versions are. So, uh, as you would expect, that caused a whole dumpster fire. Uh, the pitchforks came out. The, the torches were 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 lit as well so uh and, and then what did that get you now cd project red is looking looking very sus so you know it's like what do you do but i mean it's like <laughs> they they could have been when you think about it they could have they they could have just been clearly honest about it Cause I feel like in the long run, it would have prevented the outrage for people who bought it excited, hoping it was going to be great. But, you know, getting in some cases where it's just basically unplayable, I believe it's, it's, uh, definitely just running very poorly. And in some cases I hear some people aren't even, uh, able to launch it in some cases crashing and things like that. So, and that's kind of across the board for the most part, um, console wise. I think PC has been a bit better, at least personally. I put like fifteen ish hours, I want to say, into it so far, and uh, haven't necessarily had any like detrimental issues outside of. Um, it was one instance, like starting to starting out when um. I would go to the car, but the car would not uh, move when I pressed the appropriate control to, to, to get the car to accelerate. And I tried switching the controller back to keyboard and did not work at all. And then I had to literally reload a checkpoint. There were some other instances that seemed a little iffy, but I think it was more so user error of not being aware of how the game works where at least I initially thought it was the game, but at least it was, I think after the fact, it was more so me that, uh, I'm just broken. <laughs> I'm broken as a person. So, um, you know, that's, that's another discussion for how I'm playing, but, um, 
Yeah, so... So, with all that being in mind, um, I believe CD Projekt Red, they released a statement saying, uh, asking people that purchased the console versions of Cyberpunk uh, to refund refund them to their respective you know places. People who got it digitally through PlayStation, Xbox to get it refunded through them. But lo and behold, uh, basically it was more so just telling you just as a, as a person and not with the backing and I guess, uh, mutual understanding amongst, uh, Sony, Xbox, um, Sony, Microsoft in terms of this is an official refund. Um, but, just a refund on your own personal basis and not on the basis of uh, cyberpunk being unplayable basically. So that caused a whole nother issue. So there's a lot of stories of people, you know, reaching out to PlayStation and Xbox support, uh, you know, saying, Hey, I want to refund cyberpunk and it's not playable, blah, blah, blah. But then people just giving you the standard, you know, up, sorry, we can't do that. We're not going to refund you, blah, blah, blah. So then that caused a whole kerfuffle. And then I think cyberpunk went in the whole thing then saying that they were going to, they were going to, uh, now you have to wait until they patch the game. So they basically backtracked on what they initially said. So it's just, it's a hot mess, man. It is a hot, pure, unadulterated mess. Let me tell you. So, um, that's messed up. It really is. So, yeah, that's been good. Then I believe there was some like murmurings in terms of the like investor calls, uh, for CD project red, uh, where they just literally are just backstepping a lot of their statements in regards to refund policies and stuff like that. So, it's it's they they not looking good right now, especially you know this being like for sure one of the most hyped up games I can at least recall like insane amounts of being hyped up that you know to not deliver on that if you're not if you're playing on console specifically um is messed up man. be a good company, you know, just, just own up if you got to own up, but, um, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the game in and of itself in terms of my impressions of it so far, uh, which may or may not, um, add, uh, to this topic, but either way, uh, if you happen to get the console version and you're playing on the base consoles, it is probably, uh, it's for sure not the best this way and then then the reviews <laughs> the cons reviews of the game are, are atrocious all around i think ign gave it a four i think it's their lowest even lowered it to some other games because of this and stuff like that so all bad man do better cd project red do better do better uh moving on Uh man, let's let's talk about Twitch, shall we? <laughs> let's talk about the platform. Uh, 
it's the only streaming on right, right now. But weird, man. So Twitch is Twitch all of a sudden is now banning uh, the terms um, simp and sound virgin in a derogatory sense. I guess if you say it in a basic sense, it's okay somewhat. But if you're using it offensively, it's against the terms of service. It's it's confusing. So. Yeah. It's why I guess that in my biggest it's not necessarily I mean partially it is but at the same time it's like there I feel like there are other pri- there are higher priority stuff that Twitch should be focusing on rather than you know these specific terms I mean it's like it's a lot of other stuff like you know the music D- DMCA stuff going on right now and it's just it it just seems to be a some slight tone deafness to be honest and uh yeah just that as well as just 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 the weirdness of of uh, at least the perceived lack of priorities in terms of like you know the bigger issues and, and things like that but i understand it to some extent but at the same time it's like really i guess but okay but I mean, apparently these uh, to be considered these, some of these terms are offensive to certain people. So, I mean, I get that of course, but it's like, I don't know, man, that's just weird. It's, it's what, Oh no, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> ah, moving on. Um, character that everybody loves and you know admittedly some people may want to do some extra stuff too if they weren't 2d or 3d and were a real life person but you know i don't think this person would exist in real life but who knows maybe there is a person and that person who i'm talking about is sephiroth the white-haired angel or shall i say (laughs) one-winged angel you know so, uh, Nintendo had the, uh, I, I, I don't even know what the term you call it, but basically, uh, I guess somewhat of a, uh, mini direct, not necessarily, but, uh, in-depth, uh, look at Sephiroth, um, as the character in terms of, um, how he will play in, uh, Smash, uh, which was pretty informative. So they showed a lot of his capabilities he does look at some aspects where I'm thinking he, he seems to be kind of OP, at least initially. I guess it's yet to be determined if he actually is like top tier um, as a Smash character. This is somebody who's not like, you know, uh, deep into the, the Smash Smash Brothers scene, but uh, having some fair knowledge of characters and matchups and, you know, uh, OP characters and some, some, some <laughs> resemblance of tears, but, uh, yeah, at least from, from the capabilities that were shown in the, in the showcase, it seems like Sephiroth does have a lot of pretty, uh, potentially very powerful, um, moves, uh, in 
right hands, of course. So, um, but I guess a couple aspects to add on top of that. Um, man, uh, I, I that's one thing we need to we do definitely need to address. <laughs> it seems like every Smash in depth character, direct, whatever you want to call it, they always include. They always include a. Uh, <laughs> they it's got to be some term for this, but basically the uh, the um, the bad bad news me's that's probably the best way to <laughs> bad news me costumes because they always it, it, they almost always have a character that at least somebody was rooting for to get in the smash since the common general general deduction is that if a character is revealed as a, uh, me fighter, uh, they pretty much aren't going to be a, um, smash, uh, fighter at some point. Um, it, at least as far as we know it, there has not been a character that's been both a me fighter costume as well as a smash, uh, character in the game. So, <laughs> and uh, I mean, as somebody who's not like a big fan, but you know, uh, is very aware of like the fervor and like uh, desire and and want and need of uh, having this character, but <laughs> it hurts though. I I feel the pain collectively uh, for the for those fans. But uh, of amongst the uh, me fighters, they revealed uh, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII as a me gunner costume tifa which actually i think that's that that's fairly depressing for somebody because i know a lot of people wanted tifa over sephiroth or if there was another uh square enix character uh and then probably the biggest hurt the biggest oof ooh, was uh gino gino got revealed as a me me fighter or yeah me gunner character and i know that that crushed a lot of people because that's i think that's probably one of the biggest ones that i think people wanted especially i think if you even go by the character uh most wanted fighter list i know you know if you kind of omit some of the other people like like goku and stuff that at least i know uh sakurai outright deconfirmed that would ever be be a character, but oof, that that I I felt that as not <laughs> as 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 a non fan, you know, somebody who's got his dream crush with a uh, Travis touchdown being reverted to a uh, just a me fighter as well. So, ah, uh, something's better than nothing, I guess. But you know, I mean, rather have something more, <laughs> but ah. Uh, that hurts. I, I'm I'm sorry, Geno fans. I, I I wholeheartedly apologize for, um, you know, not having your dreams fulfilled. But who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, this is like a deliberate, de- deliberate red herring, and like you know, the last character just ends up being like Geno, and then everybody's like, oh shit, they defied the rules of the well the un some somewhat unwritten rules of smash where if there's a a me fighter that they can't be a a smash character as well so who knows but um man that that 
just had had just had to touch on that. Um, but just just my sentiments, my condolences for uh, the odds uh, that are even lesser now. But at the same time, I feel like that also opens up the. I guess possibility that it could potentially be that Gino may be a character at some point because of the fact that they at least verify that they're able to get the license in and everything going. But maybe that wasn't necessarily the issue, but I thought it was because of the company that made that game, that there was some funkiness in terms of licensing to try to get that going off the ground or whatever. I don't know. There's, there's still hope if, you know, if there's probably one character that could defy that rule and, you know, knowing Sakurai, he may be, I could see him being the type to try to defy that and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, get, get our sense off of the speculation and possibility that he could actually be a character who knows, but we'll see. Only time will tell. I mean, we still got three. Yeah, I believe three more characters left of this battle pass. If there, you know, maybe another another season of battle pass as well. I wouldn't doubt that because that's like this game is like just money, you know, in all fronts. But uh, to focus back on the, the, the details of that direct, I mean, um, yeah, just his moves. He's got like a lot of cool projectile moves and uh yeah, and then his this the his sword is so long. It's so long. That's what she said. But um, it's a he, man. He has a lot of potential for sure. At least from initially seeing it. But uh, one cool thing they uh also revealed the the music soundtracks as well. So um, you know, yeah, the weirdness of having Cloud included, but he only had like two, I think two or three songs. But now. It seems like they helped uh, mitigate that now, now that they added like uh, nine more songs to, I guess, the Final Fantasy uh, song collection, you know, and unfortunately they didn't get no rotten pizza in there, you know, would have liked some of that rotten pizza, but you know what? I mean, they got Genova, they got, they got some of the other classics in there. I hear, I, I heard that some of one of them, uh, one of the tracks is remixed by the God himself, Yuzo Koshiro. So, I mean, that's that in of itself, man, that, that, uh, that, that got me looking forward to it. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> that's also one thing I, man, that's still making me, I noticed Yuzo Kusiro is, is including a lot of these remixes, which I don't know, just the uh, third eye in me suspects that it's gotta be some, it's gotta be some streets of rage love in there. Just, just give me some streets of rage love. Just, just come on. Just Sakurai, just put Axel in there and you can get, you can uh, do a, um, a me, um, what do you call it? Uh, Echo fighter of freaking Adam. And then, you know, you can put blaze in there. Even, you know, they have the general, they have different properties and slightly different moves, man. I think that could happen. The possibilities of that happening, at least now is pretty probable. I say they haven't been included as a me fighter, me costume. I would love it personally, but I don't know if the grand masses would, but I digress. 
Uh, they also showed the final stage, which is basically the final stage of Final Fantasy VII, uh, which is pretty cool. It's like how you went into it. It seems like it goes throughout the whole, um, the whole like story of that last part of the game, which is pretty dope. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that as well. But all in all, Sephiroth is looking dope. On top of that, I think he has this weird, this cool, uh, one winged mechanic where it seems to be like a comeback mechanic, at least what it's somewhat implied as it's like random, but comeback like where I believe they said like, um, if somebody has a higher stock than you, I think the odds are the odds are greater that you'll get it. But if it, you have you, you're in the advantage, the odds are less that you will get it. And it seems to like, uh, amplify a lot of your attributes and stuff like that. So he's got a lot of interesting potential, maybe some that might potentially lean towards OP, but you know, obviously time will tell if that's the case, but um, all in all, man, I'm looking forward to him. It's, it's one character, I guess, I think I just wrote off that like, ah, that'll never happen, especially how, how it was perceived that like, um, stingy Square Enix was with their, you know, um, I don't know, sharing of assets of the character, uh, consider, you know, how cloud only has like a very limited amount of, uh, uh, care, um, clothing options and stuff like that. But it seems like they, this is kind of somewhat of a, um, redemption, if you will, of, I don't know, assets and things like that. So that's, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I forgot of the, the pretty, the pretty dopest thing of, of it all is that they, uh, also are doing a special event where, uh, technically Sephiroth is going to drop, uh, December 25th. Um, but, uh, with this challenge that is dropped today, you could basically play against Sephiroth, uh, in a battle. And if you win, you get to play him early, which is pretty cool. So if you're pretty much, pretty much a sucky smash character, um, well, maybe you, maybe, maybe you, you might have to wait, but, uh, at least the, from what I'm seeing, people are already unlocking them already on very hard and stuff. I'm not sure if there's a, you have to beat them on very hard. I doubt it. I think you just have to beat them, but, um, it's pretty cool. It, it's kind of interesting. Sakurai said that like, if you, they were thinking of doing a, a, a concept where you only get one chance or something like to beat them. And if you don't, you have to wait till 20 seconds. That would have been way more brutal. I think, but, uh, pretty cool. I'm definitely about to, I'm about to beat his ass. You hear me? I'm about to, I'm about to whoop his ass. Sephiroth, about to whoop your ass for what? The third time <laughs> in the history of Final Fantasy. If, if we're, if we're factoring in Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So, uh, but pretty dope. Pretty dope. I have to say, um, bravo Sakurai. Uh, you, you, you weird us out with Steve from Minecraft, but you brought us back in with Sephiroth. God damn it. Sakurai, you and your techniques. They're so great. They're so great. Moving on. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so there was a interview with uh, Doug Bowser, which is that's just I, I still I still marvel at how perfect of a candidate he was that he has the, the just the Bowser. And we all know he he changed his name to Bowser because he he knew this would happen. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, there was a he had an interview with Polygon in regards to you know some various interesting topics that were uh touched on at least specifically you know covid in terms of the the challenges that uh you know kind of arose from that and just a couple things i wanted to highlight uh, at least specifically um regarding joy con drift um i'm trying to find it I know he said some very like rushed off answer or non-answer, if you will. Let's try. Actually, we'll touch on COVID real quick. Um. So in terms of the question, like looking back, when did you realize uh, COVID was going to be a big change for basically everyone in the game industry? Um, so I want to paraphrase. I don't want to read the whole thing, but. Very, they were, we were very in close contact with state and local governments in the areas we have our offices and facilities. So uh, that would be Washington State, California, New York State, and then, of course, in Canada, both Toronto and. BC, uh, very closely watching. And I, one, one thing I know he touched on was that like, you know, we never had a, a contingency plan for a pandemic situation, uh, which was interesting because yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. You, uh, you would assume they have a preparation for everything, but it's like even most people that, have preparation for everything. They don't have a preparation for uh, specifically a pandemic, which is crazy, but I believe it. I believe it. There was something. Oh yeah, there. This was a big one. Uh, with with you know the. Disney vault mentality where, you know, some of the games like uh, Fire Emblem and Super Mario, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars, where they're going to be removed from the eShop after March 31st. So this was a pretty interesting one I was curious about because, you know, it's like, why would you do that? Just doesn't make sense, you know. Um, So in regards to that, uh. He said, "I <laughs> let me get my let me get my PR speak on this." <laughs> yeah, I I think I used the simple word celebration. It just this is a celebration of Mario's thirty fifth anniversary, and we wanted to celebrate in unique and different ways, and we've done that through games like Super Mario Three D All Stars, or we will be doing that through future releases such as Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. 
And then we've also done it through releases such as as Game and Watch Super Mario Brothers or through Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. There are various ways that we're celebrating Mario's 35th. And with some of these titles, we felt it was an opportunity to release them for a limited period of time. They've done very, very well. Can't do it. (laughs) Super Mario 3D All-Stars has sold over 2.6 million units in the U.S. alone. And so clearly, consumers have been able to jump in and enjoy that. And it's not strategy that we're going to be using widely, but it's one we thought was very unique for the actual anniversary. Yeah, that sounds like a whole bunch of bullshit, but you know what? I mean, one thing to keep in mind, though, um, Nintendo of America is like, I believe they said they're more so for marketing and sales, so they don't generally make the big, uh, big, big decisions, uh, since, you know, the, the Disney vault mentality was presumably made by, uh, uh, Nintendo Japan, who's the, I guess the main, you know, head honcho when it comes to making these bigger decisions like these. So one thing to keep in mind that, you know, not to necessarily blame Doug Bowser for all this, but you know, I mean, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, hmm. that's interesting. Um, you think they're going to do more limited time games? I think so. I think they're going to do it. I think, uh, Zelda is going to have their anniversary next year. So I totally see them doing like a, uh, Legend of Zelda collection in there. It's going to be the, the same Disney vault mentality where it's just going to be very, um, you know, limited time. That's, I unfortunately see that happening as much as I don't want it to happen, but I see them doing it again. There was one about Joy-Con drift. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, I know, it's kind of a four-letter word, but Joy-Con drift. Obviously, Nintendo a long reputation of really strong hardware, blah, 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 blah. So his response, first and foremost, <laughs> we want every consumer to have a great experience with their Nintendo Switch and with the games they play on Nintendo Switch. That's of utmost importance to us. Our mission is to put smiles on faces, and we want to make sure that happens. If consumers have any issue with our hardware and or software, we want them to contact us. <laughs> when we w- <laughs> when we will work through the proper solution to get them up and running as fast as possible. Specific to the Joy-Cons themselves, we've been working very closely with consumers if and when they might have issues, whether it's a replacement or repair. And then what I will say, as we look at our repair cycles, we're always looking at what is being sent in and for what reasons and understanding that better. And without going into any details, it always gives us an opportunity to make improvements as we go forward. So so definitely a lot to take uh, from this. At least those are the two big ones that stood out. Um, 
an overall pretty insightful interview in regards to the direction, even though it seems like the consensus is a kind of a dancing around the the tough questions and a lot of non-answers and stuff like that. But, you know, at the same time, he's not the, the head of Nintendo and probably maybe knows all those, uh, those, uh, answers, but who knows, you know? Um, well, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Nintendo, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, which is coming to, uh, the Switch, uh, next year. Uh, there was some info regarding that also. Really hoping they fix that Joy-Con drift with the Switch. Yeah, man. They really do. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, so, there was some leaks in regards to, uh, I believe some leaker in regards to it, but, oh, this was from the Capcom leaks like a month, even a couple weeks back. A huge like leak from all Capcom stuff, but some interesting facts, uh, or well, I mean, could be facts that you know, obviously, grain of salt, but um, a lot of bullet points, uh, specifically in regards to the exclusivity, because I know there were initially rumors that Rise for the Switch would would come to PC. Uh, but it seems like that's somewhat validated in these leaks as well, where I think it's timed exclusivity where it's going to be exclusive to the switch for nine months and then come to the PC after that. So, um, but in regards to the frame rate, there'll be a 30 FPS limit, 60 FPS limit, FPS fluctuation, essentially no upper limit option, which I'm not sure what that means, but. Uh, well, maybe that might line up with the possible switch, switch plus switch pro upgraded switch. Uh, at least that may come out next year. I still think this is good. Definitely going to be a launch title with that new switch. If that is true, but I don't know, considering like how this monster hunter game is going to run off the RE engine and like, you know, considering how much of a pain or, it seemed like that wasn't possible. I feel like at some extent there's going to be like a, there's going to be another switch, a power switch or super switch or uh, maybe even just a dock specifically that will like, you know, boost the switch to some extent. I don't know. It's, it's got to be something, but um, PC games support very refresh rate uh, as G-Sync, FreeSync. Monitor output resolution. Uh, yeah, so I guess this is pretty much just validates that it will be likely a PC game considering all these options, ultra wide monitor support, um, full screen window mobile. Yeah, so that's so that's I think is a given. So I guess that's the biggest takeaway is that it's probably going for sure going to be a PC game release at some point. Um, if these rumors are valid, so cool. I'm down for that. I would double dip willingly. Monster Hunter, I'm double dipping. You hear me? I'm double. I'm double dipping. <laughs> I'm a double dip. I'm a double dip. Uh, moving on. Uh, Nintendo also 
still I'm keep keeping that Nintendo train going. Chee-chee. Um, uh, Nintendo had a, uh, mini, uh, indie direct, um, was it yesterday or Tuesday? One of those days, but they had a couple indie stuff, uh, indie titles announced, um, Spelunky, Spelunky one and two, um, what was another one? Uh, Super Meat Boy Forever. Um, what was another one that stood out at least? Those are the only ones that come to mind at least that like, I was like, oh, okay. But of course the biggest one that out of nowhere, uh, whoever, whoever, uh, set this up, they, they were, they were, they were, they, they, they knew what they were doing. Cause right when you thought, uh, oh, okay, that was, that was, right. that was, I guess it was okay. Was anything I was like I was dying to want to play, but out of nowhere, <laughs> Torzan. Well, thank you all for coming, Nintendo Direct. Out of nowhere, you hear the uh, Among Us uh, uh, emergency meeting beep. <laughs> He's like, "Oh!" And instantly, I was like, "Oh, oh shit! Wow, okay, they're doing it." And of course, yeah, sure enough, Among Us on Switch, the first console version of Among Us uh is coming on Switch. Also they did confirm that it is um cross play with PC and mobile as well. So that's also a great thing too. So uh because that definitely would be a big boon against the Switch if it was seg- segregated um from PC and mobile, but that's a huge plus as well as like when you think about it, uh I think that adds a whole another element to a whole nother element to um uh the experience of Among Us, like the fact that you can play locally with like, you know, if you have like <laughs> nine other friends with switches or whatever. And I, I, I could see that being pretty fun. So right, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume most people are probably just gonna resort to Discord anyway. Um since I that seems to be the general like uh, consensus that most people use Among Us for, at least in my experience anyway, so I don't see that being a huge issue, but um, it would be helpful though, but uh, I know at least most people who play maybe like matchmaking Among Us use keyboards and, you know, just just chat that way, but um, not being a huge Among Us fan myself, I I do appreciate the game I don't play it that much, but that's that's pretty big though, you know, considering how huge that game is. That's a big get for uh, Nintendo just to have that on the go and you know, you know, to play online as well as you know. I think the local aspect is pretty much the, the most interesting part. Even though I guess you technically the likelihood of most people with mobile phones would you know have that going, but that that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Cool stuff out of nowhere, though. You know, you just I didn't I didn't expect that at all. But hey, get into that uh that Shinji Mikami though. Shinji Mikami news in a uh, recent interview with Variety, uh, Shinji Mikami, the for those that may not know, the Godfather that made one of the best franchises of all time, Resident Evil, uh, stated 
that he will return as director if he gets to make a game that is completely envisioned by him. So, oh, I guess he said the Evil Within would be his last project as director. I believe, I guess, technically, uh, with a Nightwire, Tokyo Nightwire, whatever. I think that was also, he technically wasn't going to direct that, but I think he's starting to direct it now because the one uh, apprentice, I think he had, I think Akumi Nakamura, she went, I forgot where she actually went now. I thought she went to Ubisoft maybe or some other company, but I don't know. But um, yeah, so pretty much after that, yeah, I mean, I will love it. But then uh, I think uh, the infamous <laughs> Capcom leaker, uh, Dust Golem, he did pretty much, uh, well, he I know he doesn't know, but I think the odds are pretty great from what he was saying in terms of like, considering that Tango is now under Microsoft, it's pretty likely that uh, he's going to, and considering how they've been so far with a couple of the other development companies, as well, I think it's pretty likely that uh, he's gonna get a, get the green light to make a, a game that he just wants, and I am all for that. I want every inch of of, of that, uh, however it is. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> boy, if it's God Hand Two, boy, I would lose it. I would lose it every damn inch. You hear me? Every damn every damn inch. I ain't gonna lie. Switch 2, I think the Switch is probably going to come um, probably March, either March, if not March, probably May. It seems like that's like Nintendo's general cadence to release a console lately. Uh, I mean, maybe it could be fall, considering like the PS5 and Xbox Series X came out this year. I could see that too, but I think odds are, I see it, I see it, um, March, March or May in that, either in that time frame, I think. No, cause I, in terms of it, it, cause yeah, like Nintendo generally hasn't announced, um, they generally haven't announced, they generally announce their consoles with very short turnaround time before they're released. Cause I think the Nintendo switch I'm trying to remember when that, when that got announced, did that get announced in September? I gotta look that up. I'm very curious. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that was January. Yeah, so the Nintendo Switch got announced in January 13th, supposedly. And then, yeah, it came, I remember it came out in March. So yeah, that's like three roughly three month turnaround time. So you can, you can expect the same cadence, I think, uh, for this new switch revision. Um, yeah. So we might hear something January, maybe February. And then, yeah, I, I see it 
possibly drop in uh yeah either yeah within that that three month gap of like um march to may i could see that happening for sure yeah because i feel like yeah i mean it, it especially the rumors of uh with the switch they're asking for it to be um they're asking the developers to make their make the games 4k ready and and the stuff i've been hearing about like how the nvidia uh chip that's currently in all the switches can be uh has some techniques to use a dlss to you know upscale games to 4k and stuff like that um i for sure i think it's pretty likely i'd be surprised if it does it or if there's some type of uh I don't know way to uh to do that, but I, I definitely see it happening. Um, just I think it's a matter of when, if anything. But please, Shinji Mikami, God Hand Two, you know what to do, Boo Boo. <laughs> it's the literal title, <laughs> God Hand Two. You know what to do, Boo Boo. I'm like, I don't. Okay, I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, heard about that too. Just wondering if they're if they're gonna do like Switch Pro this year and then another console like two years from. Mm. I think the Switch has a a good reasonable amount of life in it. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna be. Yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be a Switch Pro, some like mid mid uh mid gen refresh, but not alienate the previous uh current console switch owners so i think it's definitely going to be like you know like a ps4 pro xbox one x i definitely see that and then yeah probably yeah two three years from now then it'd be a whole new switch i see that they definitely i really would want it to be a nintendo super switch that just is it just goes rolls off the tongue so well that's just a missed opportunity if that's not but um yeah, definitely looking for Shinji Mikami. Uh, please, Shinji. God hand to. <laughs> I'm looking at reset error. <laughs> so I said, God hand to God hander. <laughs> I kind of want that too. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. So keeping in uh, Resident Evil news, um, as a disclaimer, yeah, man, Nintendo always dropping L's, really, to be honest, if we if we if we being honest, uh, there was a mass, uh, presumably a mass leak in terms of the story of Resident Evil 8. So uh, just FYI, you know, watch where you're going and some of these sites, hell, even YouTube, you know, uh, it's it's been crazy, not lately, at least, but it's been crazy how how spoilery YouTube has been uh, gotten. Uh, somewhat recently, but just an FYI in that respect. But um, yeah, in terms of one of those details, though, uh, there were um, details regarding an online portion of Resident Evil 8 called, at least specifically in this case, Village Online, uh, where it showed packs with uh, certain certain character skins, boosters, but also shows... um, showed i think there was some evidence that it would tie uh with resident evil revelations 3 which is the um that was pretty heavily rumored so 
I'm just trying to like fathom what that looks like. Oh, cause I, I mean, I hope one thing I hope is not, um, Resident Evil resistance because I wasn't really a fan of that. Cause I think part of it was like, Oh yes, Resident Evil outbreak is back. But no, that was not it at all. It was, it was, it was just some weird gamification of Resident Evil, which I know that's weird to say considering that Resident Evil is already a game, but it just wasn't Outbreak. I guess that was my gripe with it as a huge fan of Outbreak, obviously, but, um, yeah, but then they, there's, they're saying they're, they're, they're been, they've been studying free to play games like Warzone, Apex Legend and Fortnite. So it's like, then it would be like, would it be a, a battle royale zombie game? Which is just, that does not sound like that's going to go together. That sounds like jelly and, and jelly and petroleum jelly. That just doesn't sound like that would taste good at all. But I don't know. I'd be, I'd be lying to say I would not, not try it out regardless, but. I'm very uh, cautiously optimistic in terms of how that's gonna gonna play. Class based zombie battle royale that kind of makes makes uh makes that more enticing to be honest. Class based specifically, I guess, <laughs> still reverting back to Resident Evil Outbreak, but just come on, Capcom, just 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 give us Resident Evil Outbreak, you know. That game was way ahead of its time. In this day and age climate, think Resident Evil Break. Ah, uh, you know what? Maybe the pandemic. I kind of get it, at least in that extent. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I maybe they're trying. I mean, I could see that angle, but I mean, title aside, um, come on, Capcom, just, just this one time. <laughs> I remember it. Uh, I was a. Uh, I fortunately, uh, man. I I I still can't believe that happened. But uh, basically, earlier in this year, I I got the playtest RE8, and uh, I was straight up. I was straight up hyping the hell out of a uh, Resident Evil break because they were asking us questions like, "What game do you like to play?" Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I love RE Outbreak." Uh, yeah, or what game you are currently playing? But and I said that, and I was like, you know. Saying we uh you know uh basically just promoting <laughs> Resident Evil Outbreak and there's a reminding like guys Capcom please bring Rory Outbreak back. Uh man, I'm I'm gonna still vouch for that game. I swear, but yeah, uh I I yeah it's hard to fathom what this game will look like. I guess that's my issue. Trying to fathom what this game will look like where I would like it. That's probably a better way to explain it, where it won't be bad, you know, where it won't be another umbrella core or operation raccoon city or I feel like there was another one failed Resident Evil, Resident Evil online games. Raid mode was pretty cool for Resident Evil Revelations 2. I did like that. That was pretty addictive. But outside of that, I don't know. I don't know. 
keeping in that zombie uh, survival, you know, zombies. <laughs> yeah, I guess basically just zombie, but uh, Back for Blood, the game that was uh, announced. I mean, even though we knew about it before Game Awards, but it was dormant for a while, but it's now revived. The alpha dropped. I am uh didn't they didn't they didn't choose me. I wasn't chosen. I think it's because I registered late. <laughs> I like registered the day before they were going to uh shoot out people keys. I think that probably uh fought against me, but um there were I believe a couple of details in regards to it uh that we didn't know at least previously. Eight playable characters I guess the enemies are called the Ridden, or is that the, yeah, <laughs> the Ridden is funny on, uh, <laughs> somebody made a comment on the reset error in a uh, particular thread that, uh, <laughs> Kool-Aid, <laughs> the Ridden, <laughs> how many, how many more names can we come up for not zombies? <laughs> Which is very true. It's like, man, walkers. I think the Zed was one. I forgot where that came from. Uh, wasn't Daywalk? No, I'm thinking of Blade. Um, actually, I'm curious. Now I want to look at a list. List of names for zombies in media. Let's specify it. Zombie nicknames. Is the list that big? Zoms. Walker. Hungries. <laughs> wow. Hungries, White Walkers, I guess. I mean, that's Game of Thrones. I don't know. They didn't, I, I guess, yeah, they are really zombies. And you, yeah. Uh, Warm Fleshies. Yeah, Zet. Oh, I guess the World Wars use a wide range of names. I thought it was Zed. Ghouls, Saifu, Zack, Zedheads, and G's. Yes. The Infected. Yeah, that was... Okay, not as many as I thought, but... Stankos. <laughs> I kind of like that one, not gonna lie. Um, yeah, so... Uh, they also announced the game director details, but... I mean, the game director, I know that that came directly from Left 4 Dead, because I know they mentioned that in like their promotional trailers before that game came out, so... That's cool. I did like the game director. It did definitely make every playthrough unique and different um, and interesting to keep that keep that going. Um, the card system was pretty cool. I think it uh, at least it reminded me initially, at least of Titanfall, I guess, because I really enjoyed that system. But I don't think necessarily like that. Uh, I know Titanfall was more so for giving you a buff rather than uh, challenge you, which at least it seems like in this game, there's a lot, there's, I guess ones for both ends where I know there's one card where you get more, you, 
you find more ammo. And then there was some other ones where you, uh, there are more zombies that come at you or something like that. Or there are more zombies that come in general. So that definitely, I think has a lot of potential to mix the game up and keep it more interesting and engaging with, you know, each playthrough too. So definitely looking forward to that, um, as well. But, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to get in that alpha. I guess there's always the beta that'll probably come like, you know, a couple months before. And it's pretty somewhat close. I think it's coming out in June. So not necessarily too long away, but would like to play it. But, you know, I'll just, I'll just cry. I'll just cry. Um, I think that covers pretty much all the news. All the news for 2020, <laughs> probably going to be more news, let's be honest. But uh, So, with this being the last episode of the year, thought I'd do and bring uh, the annual personal top 10 games of the year. Personally, my opinion, of course. So uh, let's count it down, you know, let's bring it up. So number 10, I had, I, I had some, some uh, debate, I guess a couple things before I start too. Um, I did not play Hades, did not get a chance to play Hades. I have it, but I've not gotten around to playing it. Uh, I don't really feel like I could justify putting cyberpunk on this list based specifically off the fact that I'm just started playing it. Um, I'm like 15 ish hours in, so didn't really feel confident just putting that in there and not completing the game and you know, uh, what have you. So I guess those are really two big note, I guess things to note really, but every, I am pretty happy that I played pretty much majority of the games that uh, are for most people on, you know, game of the year list and and things like that too. So with all that in mind, uh, let's start with, I got to do a better voice. Number, number 10. Number 10. I, I kind of, I felt like I cut off the echo, the echoiness of that, uh, uh, too abruptly. So I had to let that breathe. So that would be animal crossing. I know like, Hey, you, you, you a grown ass man. What you doing playing animal crossing? I mean, let's be honest. We know a lot of, uh, adult men play metal animal crossing. They just don't want to admit it, but I'll admit it. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I pretty much played, man, it was like, I think it was 40 hours for me. I know that's kind of an ongoing game more or less, but, uh, I felt like after I got a KK slider to visit my village, I felt like, all right, that's it. That's the game. That's for me personally. I felt that that's, that's beating the game. I know there's a lot more nuance and like intricacies to it, but for me, uh, that felt like beating the game, which, you know, I might revisit it now with the holidays and stuff. Cause it's been, a it's been a while. I'm uh, man, them weeds about to be, be frequent 
It's just a lot more work. But either way, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's it's very relaxing. Uh, and yeah, it's a game I never, I never, this is my first Animal Crossing I played that uh, I, I was, it, it just, it just screams delightful, if that makes sense. You know, just like weirdly calming, relaxing, delightful all in one game, which uh, I found that very refreshing as somebody who's not played this type of game before. So that's why I felt it deserved the spot at number 10. And at number number nine, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. So, as a huge Tony Hawk Thug fan, or that's redundant because that's the acronym, but uh, Tony Hawk's Underground fan, um, I've been a fan of Tony Hawk. Well, I never played the later ones, but with all that being said, uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two was, is I think it had a lot to prove considering the, you know, the reputation, uh, Tony Hawk built with like pro skater five. I know that's horrendous ride and all the other, other ones that came after, but this one was pretty damn fun as somebody who hasn't, I actually never played the original Tony Hawk and two. So I was like, okay, this is a pretty good excuse. And it has some, it brought some of the elements from the later games into it, but you know, kept it pretty reasonable and kept that balance of not, you know, overhauling it too much to kind of, you know, take away from the identity of the original games, which I think it did a great job of and keeping that balance. So that is why I, uh, have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 at number 9. Also, the online was pretty fun, too. It uh definitely had a lot of the classic modes I remember from uh, Thug as well. So, yes. Coming at, at. No, I did too early. Coming at number. Damn it. Coming at Number eight. Resident Evil 3 Remake. I have a lot of gripes with this game, but depending on how you look at it, Resident Evil 3 Remake was still a pretty good game on its own merit. Uh, Looking from a nostalgic perspective, playing the previous games uh that's where i do have a lot of issues but as a game on its own merit not having any recollection of the the original i think uh you wouldn't have any issues or gripes against this game as much as i did um keeping those in mind i mean the game is very short they did cut a lot of stuff from the original that i wasn't a fan of but at the same time, they did some new interesting fa- uh, um, aspects. Um, Nemesis was pretty disappointing as an enemy, but some of the, you know, set piece moments were still pretty cool. And it was pretty awesome to see 
some of the crossover between Resident Evil 2, you know, and vice versa and how some of those events kind of played through both modes, uh, both games. So it's definitely still a great like supplemental piece to Resident Evil 2 um, and, you know, vice versa, you know, playing both of these games like one after another, I think lessens the blow from Resident Evil 3. But all in all, I mean, I played it multiple times. So, I mean, what does that say? Um, I still enjoyed it, but I, I do have my gripes, but I still, I can't say I didn't enjoy it still. So that why, that is why Resident Evil 3 Remake deserves the number eight, eight, eight. spot. Next game on the list the number seven, 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 seven. Ghost of Tsushima this game I mean uh, at least initially looking at it it looked very good and boy it did not uh, it did not fail in that aspect at least playing it on a really awesome HDR a big screen display and uh i had a i had a pretty good time with ghost Tsushima. um at least playing throughout the game and all the uh other elements it didn't necessarily ask too much of you in terms of collectibles and various items it's one of the very few games i actually went and did everything and got a platinum which is very lately as of late pretty rare for me and for most games so I feel like it did something right in that aspect. And the combat was pretty fun. Uh like the standoffs. Uh even though <laughs> it had some funny glitches as well. But all in all, uh even the, the insane loading times for a PS4 game, mind you. Like this is def this was definitely a next gen next gen game before next gen, which I think that that definitely uh accounts for something. So that is why Ghost of Tsushima is number seven, 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 seven. and uh, number six, 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 six. game is Spider-Man Miles Morales. As uh, thoroughly enjoying the original Spider-Man uh, in 2018, um, having Miles Morales, a man of color, superhero, as a character in his own game. I mean, it does does uh does peanut butter go with jelly? I mean, do you put? Do you put um do you put put uh marshmallows and in in chocolate together to get s'mores, you know what I mean? So that was a given. But on top of that, when you play this game, specifically on PS5, at least I can attest to, but um the game is gorgeous. Um I was playing on performance mode. Um and the game does a really good job of giving you a message in terms of, you know, taking the mantle 
and uh you know kind of <laughs> referring back to peter's uh you know infamous quote great power great responsibility i i totally truncated that but you know what i mean um but also improving the mechanics from the original game and uh making it way more fun like uh, a lot of uh miles's um venom venom moves are pretty pretty awesome and a great addition and even um also makes the you know makes the game more engaging and uh, interesting in terms of combat flexibility as well so uh as well as the story where you know i, I teared up a bit at, towards the end because uh it, it i ain't gonna lie it got me it got me but all in all great experience love the game so that is why it is number six and the number five game is demon souls remake uh, as somebody who played the original, uh, at least fairly recently before this one came out, like I think two years or so before, I guess, <laughs> relatively speaking, considering when the game originally came out, I guess, at least that's my kind of barometer, but, um, playing it before and seeing, having a good sense of all the changes they made, um, this game was great. And especially from the graphical department, game is gorgeous. Uh, it is a super, uh, a very exemplary showing of the PS5's, um, you know, capabilities. It is like the quintessential perfect launch title, probably one of the strongest launch titles of a of a of a console I can think of. You know, uh, at least recently for sure. Um, it definitely, uh, you know, added to the, um, I guess appeal, appeal, the greatness, (laughs) let's say the greatness that awaited, (laughs) uh, PS5 need to start (laughs) paying the greatness that awaited of, uh, PS5 because it, it, it delivered. Um, it, it also kept that balance in terms of, you know, with any remake where it's like, you know, where you change too much, where you take away from the identity and essence of the original game. But I don't think, uh, this game did that. This game definitely respected the previous game, the previous developers from software and stuff, uh, blue point games. Um, they definitely did a wonderful job. They really did. I, I, I was, I, <laughs> as I died uh, repeatedly, I was smiling because the graphics look so, so good. So that, that attests for something. My, uh, especially the, the fast loading times as well. Just a lot of quality of life improvements. You don't have to freaking, when you, um, you know, you're over encumbered with items. You don't have to, um, uh, uh, fully transport back and then get the items again. You can actually directly transport the items to storage. 
all that combined and is why Demon Souls is at number five. And at number four. <laughs> I'm breathing. <laughs> I'm breathing that. I breathed in when I said that. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> uh, um, the Last of Us Part Two. I had I had a lot of uh I had a lot of internal debate about this, but um for a lot of reasons, but I mean, of course, mainly mainly being a story, um mainly for you know some of the decisions in the story not not gonna not gonna spoil them here but um i can't at least reflecting back i thoroughly did enjoy the gameplay of the last of us part two and it, it from a story's perspective i definitely give Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann, a lot of respect in regards to the very, very, very bold uh, decisions they made in the game. Um, and doing something, at least I've never personally experienced before in a game from that story's perspective on a lot of aspects. So I think that in of itself, um, I feel warrants that's all I'm gonna say about that you know just to be considerate of people that haven't played the game but yeah you probably know what I'm talking about so and at number three Yakuza like a dragon so uh, this is, uh, basically the first Yakuza with a new protagonist, that being, uh, Ichiban Kasuga, also with a drastically and very controversial, uh, uh, decision to totally change the genre from a beat em up to a RPG, um, uh, which personally, uh, rub me the wrong way, ruffle my feathers a bit. Not gonna lie. I mean, if you've listened to the, some of the previous episodes where we talked about this uh, game, uh, yeah. So you know, um, but uh, I do have to say, with all that in mind, I mean, one of the strongest aspects of Yakuza, uh, is the uh, side stories as well as the general mainline story itself, mini games, which uh, this game definitely delivered on for sure. Um, the combat, I mean, it is definitely good, but I still would want, will would want and I'm curious of the previous, previous, uh, you know, what this game would have been if it was an actual beat em up, which is kind of 
always in the back of my head when I play this game, which I feel like is somewhat of a detriment to the game for me personally. But I mean, I played it through. I played it, beat it, beat some of did some of the extra stuff. I did all the side quests. So, I mean, I still enjoyed it for sure. But it's like at the same time in the back of my head, I still wished it would have been a beat em up still. Which is why Yakuza like a dragon. Number three. I do like Ichiban Kasuga though. He's a pretty he's a pretty worthy replacement for Kiryu. I, I can definitely say that, but uh let me control him in person. Let me control him and you know actively that's all I ask okay Ryugago Toku Studios okay Nashihiro Togoshi I'm talking to you I'm talking to you let that be known <laughs> uh who am I kidding this <laughs> what is Tasha here Togoshi listen to my podcast um and at number two. That was cool. I don't know what that was, but that was kind of cool. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, this game delivered on so many fronts that I don't even know what to say, man. With, you know... If as long if you overlook the fact that this is uh not complete technically, um, but how it ends without spoiling anything, it definitely opens up a lot of possibilities that I am very excited for for sure. Um, but uh, at least <laughs> it's funny. It's funny too. Now I'm thinking about it, the contrast from Yakuza to Final Fantasy VII. It's like uh, Final Fantasy VII being an actual RPG and being more active versus you know Yakuza being uh active and now turn based. That's kind of I totally just realized that. But either way, <laughs> and kind of it's funny how that that does play out. But either way, that goes to show I love me some active stuff. But even even at that point, I mean, even if Final Fantasy VII was a turn-based game, I think I still would have liked it just as much. Um, but, um, and there's even that. You even have options for the game if you want to play it at, like, similar to it being a turn-based or being more active, which it kind of gives you a little bit of both if you uh, wanted that, like some other games. <laughs> Yakuza, so... Um, but, uh, even outside of that, it really delivered from the music, uh, to the characters, the designs, uh, the, the re re-envisioned, you know, worlds and how a lot of famous events played out or like, you know, how they are now and, and seeing it in like high definition and, uh, you know, fully upgraded graphics, you know, from the, uh, old, like, polygon ps ps1 days is was definitely great uh i did thoroughly enjoy um playing the game 
it, it definitely delivered, I feel, um, from what it did promise, at least specifically on the angle of, you know, this not being fully the whole series, but at least this is definitely a good start of the rest of the series, even though it's technically, I guess, if we want to analyze it in that respect, that it, what am I thinking of that? It potentially could fall on his face with the sequels or, you know, other parts of the game or however that's whatever that's going to look like since we don't know what that is, especially considering the, uh, the ending, which again, I won't spoil, but it definitely opens up a lot of possibilities, which, uh, just, it's just very interesting what that's going to look like for sure. But all in all, at least for this game, what it is, and especially the content, which is like pretty much the content in this game is pretty much literally the same amount of time. Um, the main, the actual original game was, so it definitely shows how big of a, of a scale they're trying to make this game be. Um, which all in all, I think it all definitely worked well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. So, um, that is why Final Fantasy Seven. Number two. And four. Number one. Streets of Rage. I cannot gush enough about this game. How this game 20, what, 23, 23 years later, this game delivered. This game, it didn't change too much of the street, uh, Streets of Rage identity, but at the same time, iterated upon it uh, to a reasonable amount to to, to to expand the game even more, which personally, that's all I wanted. Uh, staying true to the essence of Streets, Streets of Rage. You could tell the, develop, uh, the development team, Guard Crush, EM, what's other people? It was Guard Crush. It was like a joint uh, project amongst uh, three, three, of the, uh, three or so companies, but you could tell they really loved uh, are really big fans of Streets of Rage and beat them ups and it definitely showed uh, with this game. Um, just the, 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 specifically the juggling mechanics, which I am a huge fan of. Any game that got some juggle juggling in it, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm invested. So, that is what this game did. Um, I played this game literally on all platforms. <laughs> lock the characters on all platforms so that's gotta say something i always i literally find myself if i'm like bored or i'm not i'm trying to debate on what i want to want to play i will literally play the play streets of rage 4 just to just to feel something so that's gotta tell you something right now uh but man just i yeah i i i just it's, it's, it's great it's great they delivered. It's fun, especially the the four player co op mode. Playing that with friends, 
that's fun. You know, you could just ridiculously just beat the shit out of people uh, after they've died, you know, on some soul caliber shit, but even to a greater extent, which is just great. So it's as a, as a big Streets of Rage 2 fan, it's everything I wanted. Um, it also, from the musical standpoint, it delivered as well. I think maybe, I guess, arguably not as strong as like the previous entries, but it's very competent, if not comparable to a lot of the um, uh, original Streets of Rage uh, classic tracks. I mean, you even got some songs from the man himself, Yuzo Koshiro, uh, the classic um, uh, you know, uh, first track of the game is, is one of his tracks that is very reminiscent of a uh, ghost straight from Street race too. So all in all, it definitely satiated as a beat em up fan as well. Uh, all of my hopes and dreams. And if this game would deliver as a beat em up and I can definitely say it definitely did. And on top of that, there's just, you know, some potential content coming out as well. They are all uh, constantly updating the game with uh, patches and, and uh, you know, different improvements in, uh, in those aspects as well. So that is why Streets of Rage 4 is number fucking one. Play Streets of Rage 4. Just saying. If you haven't fix that I mean if you're a beat em up fan but it's only like what three three four hours to beat it you know it's good it's good okay so those are my game top 10 games I gotta do it top 10 games of 2020 hopefully you enjoyed got some insight Maybe you want to play some of these. Maybe you haven't. Maybe I nudged you to play something. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, games I've been playing. Uh, like I mentioned, my top 10 games. Yakuza Like a Dragon. I finished it last weekend. It is uh, uh, not to retread on what I said before, but uh, definitely a worthy uh, character, Ichiban Kasuga. And uh, the story is very good. Pretty satisfying towards the end. Um, and, uh, for those that know, uh, don't, for those that may know, um, Joel Mon is back, uh, which is pretty dope. I'm not, I mean, look into that more if you want, but I'm not going to say how, but, uh, that was all, that was one big curiosity I had outside of some other ones, which I won't spoil as well, but, uh, definitely, it definitely pays if you are a fan of the previous Yakuza's, there is a a fair amount of fan service in this one. I could confidently say that without spoiling too much. There is some pretty, pretty good fan service. It's a pretty good fan service. That's all I'm going to say. But again, my biggest gripe with this is I wish it was a beat em up still, but you know what? That's we'll see. We'll see what happens with the next one. They said they are working on the next one. So we'll see what that, what that looks like. Uh, and then uh, Cyberpunk 2077. I uh, have uh, been playing that lately. Uh, I I am playing on PC. I have a with a RTX 3090 with a i77K 7700K uh, CPU. Uh, all in all, I've been able to play it like 4K 60 FPS for the most part. It feels pretty pretty smooth. 
uh with pretty much everything high ultra so um yeah haven't had any any issues major issues just some weird glitches here and there it was like a dude that was just 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 shaking on top of a car looking at me staring at me creepily you know stuff like that you know some occasional guns and stuff floating in the air um but outside of that pretty playable um i can definitely say it is overwhelming in some cases it just seems like a lot to take in which is it's the first time I, i've not felt that in the game before uh at least specifically open world where i've just been overwhelmed on what to want to do what to want to do <laughs> um but i am enjoying it um i hear it's it's short for a open world game where it's only 30 hours so who knows i might well considering i'll this will be two weeks well it'll be two weeks since i talked to you guys again but you know i most likely will be done with that by then so may get some more input thoughts that's it gaming wise really you know so uh just touch on some of the media uh i've been watching the mandalorian uh the last episode was pretty good um it was the one with uh well basically it felt like kind of a filler but basically it's like you meet the one character bill burr who was the um he was one of the the your your renegade crew that turned on you in the last season uh, you might know what I'm talking about if you saw it, but um, you come, you get him out of the, uh, he was uh, locked up to help you find uh, where baby Yoda's at. And you basically do that. And then they weirdly just unmask uh, the Mandalorian. And, you know, I, it's weird. I don't, I, I, I guess I'm kind of confused why they unmask him. Cause I think that's a part of his, uh, I don't know, luster mystery, uh, appeal, but I don't know. Maybe it, it brings more power to that, but I don't know. It, the episode felt, it just felt too fillery for me. I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't as necessarily substantial, which maybe that's probably the standard they started having currently, but with, some of the really good highs that I guess just having some lows like this was like, um, so I think the next episode is the last, I would assume, especially before Christmas. So we'll see what happens of that. Uh, tack on Titan, uh, caught up on the last episode, the second episode that dropped. Um, pretty good. Uh, it, it seems like I, I'm not reading the manga. I feel like what they're doing is trying to, I feel like a lot of media has done this where they flip the script and make it seem like the, the enemies or at least what was perceived as the enemies initially are not. And it's that actually the people that you thought were the good people aren't good. At least that's what it feels like the angle they're starting to take, but I'm not quite sure yet, but, um, and it is, interesting to see the other side where it's like we didn't know much about the titans and how they were how they are and what they were what they stood for and you know the trials and tribulations they're going to on their end and how these people came to be and kind of get more insight in that respect so i am uh i am getting interested in that aspect and seeing what comes of it um and uh you know 
what what is gonna happen <laughs> uh, since his final season. So it's like I don't. It's, uh, it's curious to see how it's gonna play out. Not reading the, not having read the manga and stuff, but um, but yeah. Outside of that, that's been pretty much it. So that is gonna conclude. Switch your sights. Episode 85. Last episode, guys. It's been real. It's been a fun ride of 2020. I, I don't know why I keep wanting to like <laughs> act like this is the last episode ever. No, I, I do enjoy the show. It's uh pretty cool to just um I don't know. Have an outlet more or less about news and stuff, if anything, for me than uh the appeal or whatever, but yeah. So, uh, thank you, uh, for watching as well, uh, listening, watching, however you maybe, uh, take in the show, uh, is always greatly appreciated. Of course, uh, we are 25 away from 100. If my math is right, I think it is. Wait, <laughs> it's not 15. Yeah. 15. All right, let's 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 pretend I didn't say that. Let's pretend I just said 15 all along, right? Because uh, I'm not gonna edit this out, so now I'm gonna look like a buffoon, but it's okay. It's all right. Um, so yeah, again, uh, yeah, if you if you are listening or have been listening for a while or are starting to listen, whatever, uh, it is always appreciated. Um, you know, supporting the show and whatnot. Um. Oh yeah, if you do like the show and like the support, feel free to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcasts and platforms. Uh, if you want to watch this show uh, live, you can watch it on Twitch TV slash they switch when I ideally stream it around four, four to five-ish uh, Pacific, um, four to five-ish PM. Let me <laughs> rephrase that because I actually did so much stream it pretty super early before but ideally 4 to 5 p.m pacific um lost my train of thought but yeah now that my sleeping schedule is somewhat getting a little bit more regular now i I think i can say that now but you know now it's gonna be this break and uh who knows what's gonna happen i might get crazy and then you know hey 2 a.m 2 a.m. stream, y'all. Uh, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, last time I streamed, it was like five five a.m. ish. Now I'm streaming like five six. So, <laughs> but whatever, it's okay. You know what? You still gonna get this show either way. You know, you still gonna get this show either way. Um, what else? Oh yeah, you can also catch archives of this show. Uh, if you want to see me, see me and all my ugliness on uh, YouTube.com slash a switch as well. I uh, upload my archives of this uh, of this show there as well. And if I ever get back to streaming games again, you know, there as well as switch also. So outside of that, um, that's pretty much it. It's the wrong uh, pretty much it guys um hopefully everybody has a wonderful uh 
Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate a holiday, enjoy the time off. Um, yeah. Also, here's to a happy new year. Hopefully, a much better COVID-less <laughs> new year and people not killing themselves and stuff. So, you know, there's that. But uh, as well, you know. Hope everybody stays safe and doesn't die. Um, and yeah, till next time, don't cough. Don't touch people that don't want to be touched. <laughs> touched. Get your game on. Oh, yeah. Nobody's safe. <laughs>